From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hey, postulating passionately, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia and the National News Service for July 11, 2010. The first WIA Centenary Award has been issued. John Fisher, VK3 DQ, is the first to qualify for this award. And during a surprise visit to his QDH last weekend by WIA President Michael Owen, VK3KI, was presented with his award certificate. The award claim by VK3DQ had three contacts with VK100WIA, one with the WIA during May, then with the Wagga and Midland Amateur Radio Clubs in June, plus 14 WIA members to tally up the required 100 points. John VK3DQ was absolutely delighted and considered it a real privilege and an honour to be the very first to receive the award. Also announced is that the first DX station to qualify for the award is JF6CHY. The second VK to get their award certificate is Heidi Tobin, VK3FHID, and in a close third, Gene Fisher, VK3VIP. Fine and dandy at 5,000 and counting. The special call sign VK100WIA continues to be strong in demand and logged its 5,000th contact back last Monday, July 5. John Harris, VK2, fine and dandy, that's VK2FAD, at Budgiewoy on the New South Wales Central Coast, worked VK100WIA on the 80 metre band while it was being put to air by the Orange and District Amateur Radio Club. At its average logging rate over the first five weeks, the special call sign for the centenary of organised amateur radio in Australia will achieve 15,000 or more contacts when it goes QRT October. VK100WIA has logged 60 DXCC entities so far and worked all continents. The WIA Centenary Committee is urging rostered clubs to, where possible, work more DX stations. And it's urging them to do that to guarantee the special call sign can qualify for the DXCC award. The committee has also set a challenge. Is there a DX club on the roster that can make an all-out effort to work 100 DXCC entities in three days? Oranges and apples. Well, the Apple Isle and the Orange District Amateur Radio Club have been highly successful in obtaining local media publicity for their involvement in the WIA Centenary of Organised Amateur Radio here in Australia. Orange Club President Robert Alford, VK2ZRJ, advises that in the lead-up to three days of operating VK100WIA from Sunday, July 4, the club scored interviews on local ABC, FM and AM radio stations. A highlight was a great story on Prime TV News that obviously picked up a number of prompts from the WIA media kit and gave the Orange District Radio Club great publicity. It's been recorded by club members and proudly put up on YouTube. And Tasmania, the Apple Isle, learns even more about amateur radio. Well, here on last week's broadcast, we reported how Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey, got a five-minute interview on ABC Local Radio in Hobart to coincide with the Radio and Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania's rostered use of the special call sign VK100WIA. While that report was going to air, Justin was on his way to the ABC Radio Studios to once again be put on air as a guest this time with presenter Chris Wisby on a program heard throughout Tasmania that lasted a whopping 18 minutes. 
The session covered lots of aspects of amateur radio, including the jamboree on the air, use of Morse code in modern amateur radio, the electronic warfare susceptibility of solid-state components when compared to valves or vacuum tubes, and dispelled a few myths along the way. Now, courtesy of ABC Radio, here's part of that interview. Why do you still do it? Amateur radio is more about the challenge, actually. Uh, it's making that contact with that particular country. It's making that contact with a particular person. That's right. There's an intimacy about that. I dare say well, you don't truly. get on the internet. No, you do not. No, no. And it, it, it's very social. It's, very, it's, it's all about communication. You're actually talking with people either uh, on the airwaves or through a computer that's connected to a radio on the airwaves. Justin, you, you seem... And I'm making all sorts of assumptions and uh, you know, cliches here about uh, you know, grey-haired old men crouching around a radio set in the dark on a Friday night. You seem remarkably young to be interested in uh, amateur radio. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> 40-something. <laughs> right, okay. I actually got my licence when I was 16. It was the, you could only get it once you'd turned 16. Well, is that right? Amateur radio, you've got to be 16. These days it doesn't matter. Um, these days they've actually removed that restriction. Along with, um, actually, we have just recently revised our licensing structure, so it's very easy to get into amateur radio these days, uh, there is what's called a foundation licence, which is um, a weekend's worth of, of uh, study and presentations, and you sit at an exam at the end of that, and you've got a, a licence that you can actually operate with. It's, it's great that you're all involved and, you know, hobbyists and whatever. Does it have a, a practical purpose? I don't want to put you on the spot there. Well, the, the practical purpose, I think, is th there is quite a bit of technology development that was done by amateurs, because amateurs, by their very nature, are pushing the, the limits all the time and seeing, you know, how far can we get with less power <laughs> and things like this. Um, a lot of uh, the uh, research going into propagation, so is how we get radio signals around the world. Um, amateurs are doing it all the time and logging how they're doing it, and there's a, then that goes into research about different propagation modes and how you can get further with less and different modes okay. and all sorts of things. Amateur radio very much involved in civil disasters such as the China earthquake and even when the bridge went down in Hobart. Bridge Amateurs went down, 1967 bushfires as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, so and we're still involved with the TAS fire service. So we, they... we, we help them out when they have a uh, lack of operators. Yeah. Justin Giles-Clark. Thank you very much for coming in, Justin. We'll talk more amateur radio, I dare say, sometime in the future. And that interview generated even more interest in Tassie about amateur radio. A very good job done by Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey. A look ahead at the roster of VK100 WIA. The Sunraysia Amateur Radio Group today is operating from the tri-annual junction rally in Wentworth. Plenty of interest is being generated at this well-attended event. Tuesday 13 to Thursday 15 July, the special call sign transmitted from VK8 with Spud and the gang. And we'll hear more from Spud in just a moment. And there's been some Northern Territory media interest on the role that Amateur Radio played immediately after Tropical Cyclone Tracy hit Darwin in 74. Friday the 16th through to Sunday 18 of July, Australia's oldest radio club, the Waverley Amateur Radio Society, continues with its strong support of the centenary of organised amateur radio in Australia. A group shot photograph of its early members does feature on the WIA centenary posters, certificates and the 100 WIA QSL card. The Waverley Amateur Radio Society, formed in 1919, will operate from its club rooms at 2 Vickery Avenue, Rose Bay, with its doors wide open inviting members of the public to attend and learn more about amateur radio. The Moorabbin District Radio Club, Alara, Townsville Amateur Radio Club and Frankston and Mornington Clubs are finalising their plans. More about those next week. 
and yet another WIA-supported centenary activity. Three WIA members have come together in the South Australian capital to secure a place for amateur radio display at a major public event. Adrian, VK5ZSN, Paul, VK5PH and Paul, VK5FPAW have announced a new activity, the Amateur Radio Display at Science Alive. That happens August 7-8, Goyden Pavilion, Adelaide Showgrounds, Wavell. After being considered by the WIA Centenary Committee, it's been endorsed as the very latest WIA support centenary activity. Adrian, Paul and Paul would like to hear from any other radio amateurs in the Adelaide area who can help out with the display at Science Alive. The trio is also mounting a display Friday the 6th of August at a careers day for high school students. Next week's broadcast will have news of other major events, well actually a series of collaborative events that will be a WIA supported centenary activity. Hams across Australia. Now for those in range of Sydney, VK2, the next trash and treasure at VK2 WIA Dural will be in two weeks time on Sunday morning the 25th. Major items on offer will be viewed on the ARNSW website under Disposals. At the same time, exam assessments will be conducted and anybody wishing to undertake one should register their interest by telephoning 02965 and leave a message. All contact details, of course, are to be found when you read the text edition best read at wia.org.au. Oh, and in the afternoon, the Home Brewing Experimenters Group meet at VK2WI. VK3 in the East Gippsland Amateur Radio Club's AGM is Sunday 25 July at Barnsdale RSL 1.30 with the July General Meeting following at the completion of the AGM. Now, as you listen to VK1 WIA and the National News Service, we'll be going to VK4 and we'll hear from VK4 FABR, Alan, and then to Spud up in Darwin, VK8 Zucchinis with Mustard. This is Alan, VK4 FABR, reporting on behalf of Mike, VK4 QS, and the members of the Ipswich and District Radio Club. We would like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank all those stations who made the effort to contact us whilst we held the centenary call sign VK100WIA throughout the period July 1st to the 3rd, 2010. Primarily, we focused on HF operations within the 40 and 80 metre bands, as dictated by propagation, though other HF bands were tried without success. Contacts were also received using PSK31 with much success internationally. Operations on 40 and 80 metres saw contacts into New Zealand, as well as a few late-night contacts into the US and Japan to give the call sign an overseas element. Our operators ceased duty each night around midnight, having worked all we could hear. All this was achieved with just a full-wave 80-metre loop and a multiband vertical located at our clubhouse on Denmark Hill here in Ipswich. To those stations whom we failed to contact for one reason or another, we apologise, especially the VK6 boys. It was not from the lack of trying, I can assure you. Finally, we wish to convey the fact that it was truly an honour and a pleasure to take part in some small way in this, our centenary year of the Wireless Institute of Australia. So, till next time we meet on the airwaves... It's cheers on behalf of Mike, VK4QS, and the members of the Ipswich and District Radio Club. I'm Alan, VK4FABR. This is Spud, VK8ZWM, President of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club. Oh yeah. The club's last meeting was very well attended and discussion was lively and noisy at times. We welcome six new members with more possible from the 12 recent successful examination candidates. Ron, VK8NRI, has been the club secretary for several years. We thank him for his work in this role and wish him all the best in his move to Queensland. Now, what better excuse do you need for a barbecue than a send-off? 
It's the 18th of July at the club rooms at 6pm. Let Richie VK8RR know if you're coming and how many are coming for catering purposes. Peter VK8HPB is taking on the role until the AGM in December. We also welcome Ian VK4SC Portable 8 to the committee. A long lost member come home. And while I'm talking drinking, uh, tea and coffee that is, and eating cake and biscuits too, let me tell you that the popular morning teas held on Thursday mornings at 10am at the club rooms are very, very popular. If you're visiting Darwin, then do drop in. For assistance, call VK8DA on repeater 6900. The most important news I have today, though, is that the Darwin Amateur Radio Club is activating VK100WIA on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday this week. Keep an ear out around the bands for this special event call sign. There'll be a special entry on the www.abc.net.au forward slash Darwin. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, select Julia's Breakfast Show website and the postcard section. And uh, we've got a little bit going in there. That famous event, the Darwin Lions Club's annual beer can regatta, is on again at Mindel Beach on Sunday the 8th of August. The club's members through YCNNT will be assisting on the beach during the day. You might even get to hear Spud, VK8ZWM, in full flight. Hey, that's it from Darwin for this week. This has been Spud, VK8ZWM. Now it's back to VK1WIA. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. Internet Connected Amateur Radio. The ZL Ministry has raised concerns with NZART about IRLP, DSTAR, Echolink, APRS and similar modes as they do not appear to fit within current licence conditions. Concerns raised include the use of unattended transmitters and unlicensed digipeters for APRS and amateurs based overseas operating via the internet a New Zealand amateur station. The ALO Don Wallace ZL2TLL is currently putting together a paper on this topic and would appreciate input from interested ZL amateurs. Amateur satellite to investigate power line interference. Hans ZS6AKV will be giving a presentation on South Africa's first CubeSat at the AMSAT UK Colloquium in Guildford, England, July 31 to August 1st. The important mission of the SA AMSAT CubeSat is to measure the high frequency noise levels over South Africa and report these measurements back to a ground station for analysis and action to reduce these unwanted signals. The information from the tiny satellite will identify the area areas where the HF frequency polluters are situated and will help reducing or eliminating the source. It is also hoped to include a 30 kHz linear transponder and an automatic packet reporting system, APRS, in the CubeSat. 
Adrian VK2VHF says Apple has come clean about an embarrassing software glitch that overstates network signal strength in its hot-selling iPhone, as complaints mounted about the phone's wraparound antenna. Apple admitted its signal strength miscalculation dates back to its original 2007 iPhone. It promised to fix the glitch in a few weeks, but did not directly address concerns that its antenna design caused reception problems for iPhone 4, its newest phone. Apple's apology, a relative rarity from the company known for its marketing savvy, marked the third time in less than three weeks it had to apologise to customers of iPhone 4. Upon investigation, Apple was stunned to find that the formula used to calculate how many bars of signal strength to display is totally wrong. Since the iPhone 4 hit stores on June 24, consumers have complained about phone reception problems when they hold the phone in a certain way, even while just standing in one place. A rapid decline in the number of signal bars can be observed, depending on how the phone is gripped. This is G4TUT at the Southgate Amateur Radio Club News Desk. Coordinated EU approach to radio spectrum. Neely Crows, Vice President of the European Commission and European Digital Agenda Commissioner, has emphasised the crucial need for a coordinated EU approach to radio spectrum. In her speech on June 23rd, to the 5th Annual European Spectrum Management Conference in Brussels, she expressed her desire for the 800 MHz band spectrum to be released across the EU well before the 2015 deadline. She said that wireless broadband will have a big role to play and that Europe needed harmonised frequency bands so that 1000 MHz of broadband spectrum is available. She took heart from the fact that some of the spectrum used for national security and defence is being reassessed voluntarily. Jeff Chance, M0GRC, is a silent key. Jeff, M0GRC, who was known to many around the world for the considerable work he put into organising International Marconi Day, passed away recently, having lost his battle with illness. Jeff, an active member of the Cornish Radio Amateur Club, will be sadly missed by all of us that have taken part in IMD over the years. Next year's International Marconi Day will be held on April 30th, 2011. For VK1WIA, I'm Richard G4TUT. Here's another story from our weird and wonderful file, a rather offbeat story from Peter Ellis, VK1PE. But it comes with a lesson for all of us. Recently I ran across a passing mention of a person who had a Smith chart tattooed on his arm. Sure enough, I found it was true. There is a picture on his website dating the tattoo to nine years ago and he responds to emails and confirmed that it's there. Chris Sanabria got his doctorate in electrical engineering in 2006 and is working on high-power, high-frequency RF devices. I asked him whether... He was, by chance, an amateur radio operator. His answer was that nobody had ever mentioned it, although he knew about it. That ate at me. Here is an obviously gifted RF scientist who has been missed to amateur circles, at least until now. How many other gifted and talented maybe amateurs have slipped by each of us? It's up to us. And Chris Sanabria is correct. Only about 0.0001% of the world's population has any idea what the tattoo is, including amateurs. It's that spiderweb looking chart, a graphical aid designed for electrical and electronics engineers specialising in RF. 
or amateurs to assist in solving problems with transmission lines and matching circuits. For National Radio News, I'm Peter Ellis, VK1PE. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. I'm Felix VK4FUQ with Operational News. In this segment we will hear from both Trent VK4TI and Peter VK4OD on this year's RD contest. Special event stations, Repeater, Beacon, DX and Advice. Special event station, K4C. The Puerto Rico Amateur Radio League will operate special event station K4C until August 1 to celebrate the 21st Central American and Caribbean Games that take place in Mayaguez, Puerto Rico. QSL direct to KP4ES. Poland's first 10 metre beacon. SR4TEN is the first ever amateur radio 10 metre beacon in Poland. SR4TEN is located at the office of the QTC magazine the Polish Amateur Radio's journal. In Sulkowsk, Zamek, QDH locator JO94RG, PGAEL09, SPFF025. It operates with 3 watts out on 28.203 MHz. If you receive SR4TEN, please email your report to qdc at post.pl. Now to the calendar and August 21-22 International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. October 23, WIA National Field Day. October 2 and 3, Oceania DX Contest Phone. October 9 and 10, Oceania DX Contest CW. November 20 and 21, WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. Good morning, Trent, VK4TI here. A D-Expedition for the RD Contest? What would be the best location for the HF categories of the RD contest? You can't work intrastate except on 160 and 10, so the best spots are good distance to the capitals and centres of activity. VK1, VK7, North Coast, VK5 especially if you're a VK3 or a 2, or west of Gundawindi in Queensland. Why are they the best? They give rough equal distance to the population centres of Melbourne and Sydney. RD, it's worth going on an expedition for in 2010. With further on this year's RD contest, here is the contest manager, Peter, VK4OD. Hello listeners, I'm Peter Harding, VK4 Oscar Delta, the WIA RD contest manager. Due to some unforeseen circumstances, the rules and my introduction to the 2010 Remembrance Day contest failed to make it into the July Amateur Radio magazine. If you need a copy of these rules, you can log on to the WIA website. At the bottom of the RD contest page is a link to download a PDF copy of the rules and my introduction. Or you can email me at rdlogs at wia.org.au and I can send you a copy of both if required in PDF formats. Basically, there has been no changes since last year. However, as this is the WIA's premier annual contest, I'd like to get the rules published each year. I would ask that any newly licensed amateur radio operator taking part in this year's contest take the time to read the rules. As we did last year, I have included a new section for unmodified World War II equipment. This equipment can be on HF or VHF. 
Please read the rules regarding the criteria for this equipment. Today is the 11th of July, and as this news goes to air, you have about five weeks to check your equipment, log sheets, and logging software updates. Over the next couple of weeks, I will make available at the bottom of the RD contest page printable log sheets, declarations, etc. Until next, this is Peter Harding, VK4, Oscar Delta. Thanks, Peter, VK4OD. Before I leave you, look at Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone, where Region 3 IIRUMS coordinator is Peter Young, VK3MV, and a VK IIRUMS reflector email exists. To subscribe, intruders at wia.org.au. The source of non-amateur signals on the 20 meter band has been identified by the WIA as being intermodulation product emissions from the Voice of America transmitters located in the Philippines. These have been reported to the Australian regulator, the ACMA. Consideration is being given to whether these spurious emissions are in excess of what is permitted under the International Telecommunications Union requirements for transmitters. An intermod sounds like two different AM broadcast signals on the same frequency. They can occur when two or more transmitters share the same site. There have been reports of VOA intermods heard on the handbands from Hong Kong too. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC. Just how hard can it be to load batteries into devices and get the polarity correct? Well, apparently this very simple task is just beyond some people, who we will describe as being polarity agnostic, or what I call a spade a spade, they are battery bunglers. So prevalent is this lack of skill that Microsoft and Duracell have identified it as an untapped market and created batteries that have both the positive, you know, that's the one with the plus sign, and the negative or hyphen at both ends. This bipolar setup of terminals is subject to a patent entitled Eliminating Incorrect Battery Placement. The Instalode technology is a brilliant basic mechanical solution without electronic components or circuitry. Already it has found application in hearing aids, torches and soon to follow will be a host of gadgets, presumably including the Duracell Energizer Bunny. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. CRARC's next Weissen event is the LCCC Minicorsa Rally, being held on Saturday, July the 10th. This rally will have eight stages, consisting of four stages each run twice, and will be run with two stages near Town Zoo Pipeline and Bluets, and two out near Uriara, that's Sherwood and Tidbimbilla. They've had a good response so far. However, CRARC are still needing one or two more for HQ plus one in the field. Please contact VK1ZPL at wia.org.au. Now, I know that it's only July the 11th and that's still very cold, but it is time to start thinking about the Murray River Marathon again. Now, there are some key dates to remember. 
the Mini Marathon. That's on October the 16th. It's a one-day practice event where paddlers and volunteers can sharpen their skills in readiness for the major event at the end of the year. The Murray River Marathon is on December the 27th to December the 31st and it's a canoe race down the River Murray between Yarrawonga and Swan Hill and Wyson provides communications for the safety team that look after the paddlers on the river. It's a fun event with free campsites being provided down the river. Radio operators are wanted for the event, so if you are interested in playing radio and assisting the YMCA in this classic fundraising event, then please contact Graham Mason or Gerard Werner and indicate if you will be attending both or just one of these events. Finally, to Rewind, and the official opening of a new radio museum. The Rockhampton and District Amateur Radio Club, or RADAR, has set up a station in the famed Rockhampton Heritage Village just 10 kilometres north of Rocky City Centre. This is a unique township consisting of original buildings and replicas depicting the century 1850 to 1950. And the Radio Shack, it's on the top floor of Nelson's Buggy and Sulky Works. For the official opening of the new Radio Museum, Radar, that's VK4WIR, will be on the air on Sunday the 25th of July looking for contacts on 7080 14210 and Link and IRLP node 6973, that's 144.7 MHz. So, put it in your diary right now and give the Rockhampton and District Amateur Radio Club your support by making a contact during this public event. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. And the same goes for me, Robert, although here in Brisbane. On the social scene, still in July this weekend is Gipstech 2010. July 17, VK3 is the GGREC Hamfest with a start time of 10 July 25, VK23, Riverina Field Day, and July 25 in VK7, the Sorrel Men's Shed Winter Hamfest. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4, Baker Baker. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported... You decide.